0: When Judah, our son, was a baby, one of the few places he would sleep for an extended period of time was in the van in his car seat. And I mean, we've all drove around to get the kids to sleep right. Well, one day we're driving across Kansas to a wedding, and we wanted him to be well-rested. Because a meltdown at a wedding is not a great time for anyone. I mean, when the bride and groom are staring into each other's eyes and a baby loses it, it's just not a good look. So as we're driving, Judah fell asleep and peace washed over the car for a few hours. Now, western Kansas is a lot like western North Dakota. There are not a lot of towns, and there are not many gas stations. So to complete your trip, you need to make sure that the gas tank is full, just so we all understand the context. Kristen and I were caught up in conversation, and I was not paying attention to the fuel level at all in the van, and all of a sudden, the low fuel light popped on. And the panic set in. I said, Kristen, pull up Google Maps and see how far we are from the next gas station. She quickly did, and the map told us we were 45 miles. 45 miles from the next gas station. I pulled up the miles till empty screen on our display, and it said we only had 30 miles left till the tank would be empty. I mean, can you feel it? I mean, the tension in the car was crazy. We don't want to wake Judah. We don't want to be late to the wedding. We don't want to leave the van broke down on the side of the road with temperatures hovering above 90 degrees. I mean, a 14-month-old is not going to do well in that. Kristen quietly asked me, Did you fill up the van before we left? And I immediately fired back, I thought you did. Oh, so we did the only thing in the moment that we knew to. We prayed. And we asked that God would somehow get us to that gas station. I slowed down to 60 miles an hour to conserve fuel. And we hoped, we hoped that we would get there. I'm telling you, we witnessed a miracle. I can still remember cresting the hill and seeing that little gas station out in the middle of the prairie. We pulled to the pump and the van normally takes 22 gallons to fill. That day, it took 23.5 gallons to fill up. I don't know exactly what happened, but it taught me a great lesson. Just like cars, it's best not to run our lives on empty. There has to be a rhythm for our lives. And when we live out of rhythm, we find ourselves running on empty. Did you know that God has a top 10? I mean, I kind of always thought David Letterman was stealing that from somewhere. Well, God's top 10 or the 10 commandments states clearly that if we do not learn to rest, it's on the same level as adultery and murder. I mean, what? That's a little harsh, right? But when we choose not to rest, we are telling God that we don't really trust him. And frankly, I know that I struggle with this in my own life. Resting reflects trust. Framing my lack of rest Being a trust issue with God is a serious thing. Being a trustworthy person is one of the most important things in my life. And I don't want to communicate to God that I don't trust him. And learning to live in rhythm and working from rest, not so that we can rest, is critical to understanding. We need to learn to rest well. Last week, we talked about why we're invited to work from rest, not for rest. And when we read the Genesis narrative of creation, the first thing that God invites people to do is rest. It's, a, it's an amazing concept. We tried to drill down on the blueprint for our lives that will help us have a framework to schedule our days, weeks, and months. The hope was that we could look at why we should work from rest and not for rest. And this week, I'm going to dive into the idea of how we rest. We're all wired super differently. And so there's lots of room to begin to figure out what it looks like to rest and recharge your battery. And I find it helpful because I'm a visual learner and I love stories to look at people who have been good at finding balance in their own life. So we're going to use the image of the pendulum and the half circle again today. And some of this material comes from a book called Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Breen. If that would be an additional helpful resource to you, I just wanted you to know that's where some of the content is coming. Because we're all different, all of us find different ways to interest. A helpful way to look at it is we all have different personalities, and so we all rest differently. And we need to look at the difference between extroverts and introverts. Extroverts are solar powered, meaning they get their energy from being with people and so the source of their energy comes from community. Extroverts, how many of us are so ready to see people? You know the person that isn't ready to get off the Zoom call? (laughs) Yeah, that's an extrovert. Introverts on the other hand are internally powered and recharged they'll find a ton of benefit from going on a walk spending time reading watching a good movie or being with a few trusted friends i'm guessing lots of my introvert friends have love sheltered in place orders they're they're not ready to get back to the office some of them are saying this is the best i've felt in a long time having a good rhythm also allows us to find rest and to recover So often we make the mistake of living without rhythm. Rest is not just about doing nothing. We need to find out how to rest in order to have a better quality of life. And don't we all want a better quality of life? I know I do. So finding how to have quality rest is critical to have a different quality of life. Moms, how many of you throw on some yoga pants and start laundry meal prep and have four other things going on? Is that really rest? As we learn to understand the differences between unplugging and vegging out and quality rest, it will change the quality of the life that we have. Maybe you can go for a walk in the woods or hop on your motorcycle and spend a couple hours out on the open road. Maybe you need to grab a cup of coffee with a girlfriend and have some time away from the kids. Quality rest allows us to show up and be present. It allows us to be fully engaged in the life around us. It is so helpful to understand who we are so that we can be intentional with how we rest. How you are wired or who you are influences how you rest. So take some time and ask yourself, what really brings me rest? I've often told people one of the most spiritual things that you can do is take a nap. I mean, they had it right when we were in kindergarten. Take a nap, wake up, and have a snack. When we can begin to look at other people's lives who have found solid rhythm, I think it really helps us begin to slow down and be present with those around us. The truth is that many of us are living this way, overwhelmed and not rested, and maybe a little cranky. When you get things in the wrong order, we have a hard time showing up and helping those around us. And if we follow Jesus or not, we all know what it's like to show up totally exhausted at work or home and then try to accomplish something meaningful. It, it doesn't work well. And there's not enough coffee in the world to help us find the focus that we need when our tank is on empty. I know that I often confuse rest with being unproductive. But what if you looked at rest as fuel for your life? Your car doesn't run without gas. Period. You can only live so long on empty before you aren't able to function anymore and things begin to shut down. I've found a pattern that is helpful to live by in the book of John chapter 15. It's a section of the Bible that Jesus is teaching his followers how they can accomplish the mission that he's giving them. He shares with us the story of a grapevine. Now many of us did not grow up around grapes. But these people would have seen grape vineyards and their whole lives, so they would have totally understood the teaching and it would have connected with them. If you're like me, I did not grow up around grape vineyards. I mean, I heard a lot of things through the grapevines. That's on the house for all you dads. So, a few cool facts about vineyards grapevines aren't allowed to produce fruit for the first three years. Anytime the grapevine begins to produce grapes, they are cut off or pruned. The vine dresser, the person taking care of the vineyard, knows that even if the vine can produce grapes, it cannot handle the weight of the fruit until it has grown stronger and deeper roots. So it's a common practice to plant a vineyard and not have a harvest for three years. Also, grapes aren't produced year round. There is a season that the grapevines are able to rest. There is a rhythm, even in nature. It's like someone designed it that way. Okay, so let's dive into the scripture. If you have your Bible with me, turn to John chapter 15, starting with verse 1. This is what it says. "'I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful.'" You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. See, there's a rhythm in this, right? Remember our pendulum swinging back and forth? It's as if the rhythm is remain or rest. Grow, produce fruit, or accomplish your work. Then you'll be pruned or refined, and then we return to rest. Fruit or productivity is a byproduct of living in the right rhythm. I know so often I desire to be productive and get lots of stuff done, but I have not rested, so I'm operating out of an empty gas tank and expecting my life to run well. Long-term, you can't be productive running on empty. If you replaced remain with rest, there would be 11 times in this scripture that Jesus tells us to rest, to slow down, to be with him. The pattern of our lives could look so different if we begin to use this as a structure for our daily, weekly, and monthly rhythms. When we return to normal, whatever that will be, If we structured our days and weeks with rest at the very beginning and then began to add everything else around that, I know that seems totally unrealistic, but in this time of disruption, could you ask yourself, what are the things that you want to change? If you find yourself like me, too often overwhelmed and working with a lack of energy, would you at least consider living in a different rhythm? So I have a question for you. With the shutdown and the redirection and reduction of your activity, what effects has it had on you? And when you get back to summer soccer and summer baseball, what's going to be different for you and me? And as we move into the summer season, what would it look like to really evaluate the time that you and I are spending in rest? I think there's good reason to allow ourselves a ton of grace, but maybe we could really begin to look at how we're doing. Are we accomplishing the things that we had hoped for? I mean, probably a lot of us have found our productivity at a low point, but it is worth considering that maybe a key to unlocking a different way of living would be to start our days well-rested and full of hope because we have been with God before we allowed any other voice to have our attention or our thoughts. I know that I'm going to try to keep track of this over the next couple months and just see. What happens when I get eight hours of sleep? I have eight hours of work, four hours to engage with my family, and four hours to simply be unengaged. There has to be room for seasons, too. There is no doubt that there are times in our lives that we are running just full steam ahead for weeks and months on end. And if you're entering one of those seasons, make sure that you're scheduling ample time for self-care and for rest. And when the season comes to the end, to an end, you're going to have to make sure that you're giving yourself space to rest really well. Rhythm and rest will allow you to rebound when you have run hard. I'd like to share a pattern with you that I'm considering trying to use in my life. I'm going to get up. I'm going to try to be up early. I have way more energy when I go to the gym. So I'm going to try to work out five times a week. I'll spend time with Jesus and my time frame will be 20 to 30 minutes of prayer, reading the Bible and journaling. I'm going to eat breakfast. I will break my eight hours of work with focus plans for every two hour block. I'll come home and put my phone up and be present with my family. I'll get to bed before 10, 10 PM. And as I lean into this rhythm, I'm trying to consider all the areas of my life that need to be paid attention to. I want to schedule a week off every three months. And this might be idealistic, but I've found that I'm so much better when I have times of unplugging. Whatever you decide, I want you to hear this. If we can learn to work from rest, not work so that we can rest, I believe that we will be living And the rhythm that God designed for us. My hope is that you will use this season that we are in to really begin to drill down into what type of rhythm is helpful for you and your family. I know that for me, I have to stay connected with God. I can't sacrifice that because I will not be productive or fulfilled no matter how much I accomplish if I don't do that first. My hope is that this will at least begin a conversation in your home about what it looks like to rest and remain connected to the source of life. God is with us and so desires to help us find a rhythm for our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, you're good all the time. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Father, that you are calling us back to a rhythm that reflects how you made the earth. That there are days where we We stop, we breathe, we rest. We allow ourselves to be recharged. And however that looks for each one of us, God, I pray that you would make that super clear. Father, we give you thanks that you are at work even in this season where things are very different. Help us, God, to consider what are the things that we want to change. We thank you, Jesus, that you lead, guide, and direct us all the days of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.